The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Fill her up! You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Ladies and gentlemen, your host for the House of Hardcore podcast, Tommy Dreamer! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the House of Hardcore podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Dreamer, and I got a special one from you, someone who was trained by the same exact person that trained me, Marty Bell. What's going on? What's up? Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. The podcast went on hiatus. I said, you know what? I'm taking off for the month of July, and I got to come back hot in August, and who am I going to come back with, with you? And it all spurned from me reuniting with you. Uh, at a an event uh, in where were we? Kentucky. In Louisville. Mm-hmm. You just showed up, and then I remember how much fun I used to have with you when we were in TNA in your beautiful people days, which we will get into. And I was not a beautiful person, but yes, you were my beautiful person. Ah, thank you. You were part of that. You weren't part of that whole group. No, I was part of the dollhouse. That beautiful. That's it. Trip. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. I apologize. You're part of the dollhouse yes. who feuded with the beautiful people. Correct. I thought that was just a whole other version. See, I'm all messed up. Anyway. No, I, so fun. Well, we can get into it, but fun fact, I was a part of every single incarnation of the dollhouse. There were many and I was, I was a part of all of them. You were the OG. I, I was, I was the only one that, that, yeah, every, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that, but yes. Just like I was the ECW OG of every carnation that it had. Correct. Hey, you you fit the dollhouse role. Perfect. Um, all right. I ask everybody this lovely question. What got you hooked on the wonderful world of professional wrestling? I think um, I was hooked. I, I would say I started watching wrestling when I was like, probably like five or six with my dad in Dominican Republic. And then when I moved back to New York, I was seven and I didn't speak English. And I could still understand wrestling. And I think that's what hooked me is the fact that without understanding a word that anybody was saying, I was able to understand what was happening and be completely entertained by it. So I think that that's really what, what like, it's not something that you need to understand the verbiage in order to understand the action. I think it's a true testament to the people that I grew up watching. And how we have different connections. I learned Spanish from watching Florida Championship Wrestling on Univision back in the day. And it went from Florida, then it went to Carlos Colon's company. And I started picking up Spanish terms because I was watching wrestling. And Hugo Savinovich was pretty much my... uh, Oh, yeah. That voice of my my childhood. Like That is a voice that I distinctly remember still. Wow. Like every time I hear him speak, I'm like, it, it like takes me back because, you know, sometimes we'd watch with subtitles. Uh, we'd watch, you know, like with the sap on or when I was in Dominican Republic, that's the voice that I heard. 
So that's a voice that to this day is still like him calling one of my matches is probably still on my, on that that's, I'm adding that to my wrestling bucket list, which, uh, you know, a little bit about. Correct. Um, I had lost you for a second. Um, is my internet unstable or is it hers? No, no, I, uh, nothing broke for me. Okay. Sounds good. No worries. Cause I could also direct hook up into my fee, but then I just got to kick everybody out. No, of that. You sound good. She sounds good. Okay. Um, so that got you hooked. So I'm talking Dominican Republic. Have you heard the legend of Jack Vienno? Have I heard of the legend of Jack Vienno? Of course. Okay. Um, so uh, he was literally like, he was our superhero. He was our version of, of Superman. You know, um, I didn't grow up watching him. It's a little bit before my time, but like my dad was a big fan. And um, you know, the, his battles with Ric Flair are completely legendary. And it's something that I actually reference often um, because I am the first Dominican wrestler that's recognized by the NWA as a champion because Rick, uh, Jack has never been recognized as right. a champion. Um, and so winning the NWA tag titles with Allison was very emotional for me, you know, winning titles with my best friend in a major company, like, this is big, but for me as well, like, I felt like, you know, my entire career, I've been so proud of my roots and I'm so, you know, expressive of where I come from. And to be like, there's no asterisk. There's no like, well, like, no, like I won this title. I forever in the history, no matter what happens with my career in the history of the world, it will always say Marty Bell, Dominican professional wrestler won a title in the NWA. So I feel like, um, unfortunately it happened after Jack had passed away. I never got a chance to meet him. He passed away. I believe it was last year's 2019 or 2020. No, uh, last year's not 2019. It still feels like it's, I don't even know what year this is, but he, he passed away, you know, not too long ago. Uh, so unfortunately I never got a chance to meet him. Um, I did message him one time on Facebook uh, to thank him, you know, like actually right, like right when I started wrestling, cause I was like, you know, obviously like without him, like Dominicans wouldn't really know what wrestling was. Right. So I never got the opportunity to meet him, but you know, the legend of Jack Veneno is something that will always, always live on. If you get a chance, there's actually a movie called Veneno. Um, I believe like HBO had it for a minute and it was the first fall. It was supposed to be three falls, but COVID happened. So uh, 2020, they were supposed to start filming the second one, but it is on HBO. If you want to watch the first one, it's really cool. It's like, it's pre Ric Flair. It's all the stuff that happened when, um, like his childhood and leading up to him becoming Jack Veneno, the superstar. So a really cool movie to watch. I definitely will. And I can't believe I never heard of it. So you have just spurned my inner markdom and thank you. And for our listeners that don't know, uh, Jack had wrestled Ric Flair, beat Ric Flair in the Dominican Republic and another phantom world title switch, but it was never recognized by the NWA. Just like uh, there was a few NWA title reigns that had never been recognized. There's been a few WWF title reigns that have never been recognized, but that's the reason why. And Ric Flair made the call on the fly because he realized one, how over the guy was and two, that if he beat him, he would be killed. Correct. I believe the second time Roddy Piper was with him. Um, uh, this, yeah, I believe this. I, Roddy may have been with him both times, but the last one, it was like, I remember there's a story of, um, I think it might have actually been in Roddy's book where he like goes to get involved in the match 
And there are literally men with like machine guns, you know, they're doing security who turn and look at him and we're like, really? And he's just like, no, I'm good. I'm just gonna, I'm cool. And the best thing about it was I've gotten to wrestle in Dominican Republic twice. And the first time that I wrestled there was about nine years ago. And, you know, I had my match. It was amazing. It was the first time my parents had ever seen me wrestle. My parents have only seen me wrestle live twice because they don't live in the, they live in the Dominican Republic. So the second match that I was involved in that night uh, was with my ex. And uh, it was this whole like kind of screwy finish, whatever. Like he ended up winning the title. It ended up getting overturned. But when that happened, we literally had the fans start coming to the ring. So for him, it was incredible because he's such a big Ric Flair, you know, fan that it was like, I'm having my own Ric Flair moment in Dominican Republic right now. So that was pretty incredible. Uh, and that's a really, really fun memory I have of Dominican wrestling as well. That's awesome. Um, now, you also say you learned English. Uh, what were you watching back then? Were you watching like the Attitude Era? Yeah, um, it's so funny. I wish I wish I would have brought it down with me. I have it upstairs. Um, I started watching wrestling kind of in the middle of like the, the Monday Night Wars. Um, and I had this book. And in the book, I would write notes. Like I would, I was basically like a dirt sheet. I was like writing, you know, the results and all that for, uh, of the matches. And it's so funny looking at my grammar because I really didn't, I was learning English. So my grammar's horrible. I'm misspelling everyone's name. Um, and something really, really cool that I'd never even noticed. Most of my notes on it are from WWF and I only have one note in it from WCW and it was for, it was Daphne's. And so like, I actually got a chance to share that with her before she passed. And it was like such a cool thing. And like looking through the book, I'm like, holy shit. I literally didn't write about anything else in WCW except for Daphne. So that was also like, that was pretty cool. It was very, it was very, very weird. um, Like looking back on it, but you know, like I'm writing about Kurt Angle and then years later at impact, I'm getting to work with Kurt Angle. So just like situations like, like the Hardys and then I'm, you know, we're sharing a locker room. So my life, sometimes it's like, it's, I, I love putting like seeing things like that that put things into perspective of like how much I've grown in the last 30 something years but also just like you know I'm just a fan who got the opportunity to be in this amazing business and I've gotten to do so many cool things I just finished my wall behind me and it's got like so many cool moments of like my career and it's a little conceited wall you know I just figured I have a cool background for when I do these podcasts and stuff but like as I was putting stuff up looking at it I was like Holy shit, there's a lot of really cool stuff on that wall. You should be proud. And uh, I own several houses and I have one wall out of all of them and that's all I'm allowed to have. But um, it is your, a wall of fame. Yeah. And that is cool. It's also a great perspective. Like, listen, as you know, wrestling is a very one-sided relationship. For mm-hmm. me, when I get down on wrestling or I'm like, ugh. And then I literally like, I still go to bed every night watching wrestling and I watch, you know, Peacock. And I'll watch wrestling that I haven't seen before, or I'll be like, I have to remind myself why I was a fan. And it takes me right back. And I always say this, like, I just tag with these two kids who their mom comes up to me. She goes, Hey, can you sign this? And it was me with these two 12 year old boys. And then I just tagged with them. And our business is the only business where 
you can grow up watching somebody, like you said, Kurt Angle, and then you could wrestle against them or tag with them. It doesn't happen in football, baseball, because no. once you hit a certain yeah. age, you're out. It's, so I love that. I think for me too, the, the last few years has been crazy to have people come up to me and be like, I used to watch you when I was younger. And I'm like, first of all, <laughs> I'm not old. So there's no possible way that you used to watch me when you were younger, like impossible. But then I think about it and I was like, Oh, I feel that way about like Mickey. Like, I feel like I grew up watching Mickey and Mickey, I feel like is my age. So like just things like that, where you're like, oh shit, like who people who like my favorites looking back who, and that I've gotten a chance especially to work with, which is like mind blowing. Like, you know, seeing my phone light up and like Mickey's calling me or Jazz is texting me and I'm like, hey, like, what's up friend? Like, it's, it's so crazy. And you're right. Like, you know, you, you grow up watching Babe Ruth, right? Yeah. I'm that old. I'm a hundred. Yeah. yeah you're a hundred. You're never going to play with Babe Ruth because by the time, you know, maybe you'll do like a home run derby or something where he's like pitching the balls at you, but you're never going to play with your heroes. So that is something that like, I think that's such a good perspective. Like you said, like to keep that in mind, like wrestling is very one-sided and there are times when I feel like you, you feel like you're, you're pulling yourself out. Like, I don't know. It's, wrestling does so you, you feel so many things with wrestling there's so much love there's so much hate there's so much frustration it's like the biggest you know the highest of the highs the lowest of the lows but the moments where you can take away and become a fan are incredible i really like i love pco i think he's um he's like there's something behind that that's just very captivating and watching him wrestle um last week i was like i was I wasn't on my phone. I wasn't talking to anybody. I was just watching a match. And so like, that is so, that is still so awesome that wrestling can still do that for us. Does it for me. I'm usually his agent. And when I watch him, I say, how is this guy older than me? And, and, and alive and yeah. walking and well, like not even human. No, he it, really, he is not human. It's, it's insane. I'm a it's, massive PCO Mark. Yeah, same, same. I, uh, I, it, and I told him when I had my first ever tryout with WWE, he was the only guy that talked to me. He was the first guy that talked to me. He was like the first person who was nice to me. And he was a Quebecer. And I was just like, I never forgot that. That because you know, when you go sometimes places, oh, yeah, you're the outsider, you're not wanted. And I was like, man, you made you were nice to me. And like, whenever I'd see him, I had a tryout match with him in the UK for WWE. And as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, what's up, blah, blah, blah. And he's a super nice guy. But again, shit like that happens. And I feel a lot of that happens for a reason. So I um I worked with him, obviously never with him, but just like we, we shared a locker room in at Ring of Honor. You know, Allison and I were at Ring of Honor a very, a very small handful of times. We did tapings. We did pay-per-views, all of that. Um, and but it's somebody that I kind of just met in passing. So it's not like, you know, it's not somebody that I have like a close relationship with. And when I saw him last week, I, I honestly was like, maybe he maybe won't even remember me. You know, it's just, I'm just this random girl that like did a few shows. And I forgot what he said to me, but as soon as he started talking to me, I was like, oh, he knows exactly who I am. And he like called back. He like started asking me about stuff that had happened before. Uh, and I'm like, oh, this dude remembers. And I feel like the only person that I feel that way about that I feel like everybody has a story about that way was Tracy. Tracy Smothers 
no matter how much time went by or how small an interaction you had with him, when you saw him again, it was like, hey, how's this? What's going on? And I'm like, I spoke to you about this for five. We spoke about this for five seconds. So he was very good at that. And I feel like PCO is another person who, who always makes you feel important. He always makes you feel like no matter who you are, no matter where you are on the card, even if you're just somebody who's just like helping out, he's going to make you feel like a fucking person. He's not human, but he makes you feel human. <laughs> That's a great, great uh, statement. Whether you're driving an old classic or a real piece of junk, the car market is hot. And that's why I want to tell you about rockauto.com, the one-stop shop for all auto parts you need to keep your car on the road and in pristine condition. rockauto.com has been in business for over 20 years. They have every part you need in stock at amazing prices. No reason to run around to different stores, websites, or auto shops. Rock Auto has what you need in stock. And guess what? rockauto.com prices are always reliably low. That means they do not change prices based on what's going on in the market. This isn't like an airplane ticket, a hotel, or beef at your grocery store. You won't need to constantly check to see if what you need is available and if now is the best time to buy. Rock Auto keeps it simple and has everything in stock at reliably low prices. So go to rockauto.com. They make it easy to maintain your car and save money. It feels good knowing your car is in top condition. Once more rockauto.com for great prices on auto parts and tell them that we sent you right here on the house hardcore podcast there's a box when you check out to put in the name of my show the prices are too good for promo codes let's get back to the show did you have a person growing up that was like your person so um allison and i have been uh, working on this like um kind of like this project and they asked me about, you know, who my favorite wrestlers are, were like growing up and things like that. And I was a very big, like, um, Hardy boys, love the Hardys. Um, you know, Jeff and Matt, like something I, I grew up while, you know, watching the Dudleys. Like I was a very big fan of like that era of tag team wrestling edge and Christian. Um, but for some reason, the one that always has like stuck, stuck through was for me was Jericho. I was just a big, big fan of, of Jericho growing up. I thought he was so fucking obnoxious. Like, I feel like at first, obviously, I hated him. He was so obnoxious. And then, like, you know, he grew on me and then all this. And then um, I actually, I went to the first, was it All In or All Out? What is All In? I went to the first All In in, um, in Vegas, like the first one they did. And watching him wrestle, once again, I had that moment where I was completely, I was that 12-year-old kid again watching him. And so um, I was looking through that notebook that I have of like notes or whatever. And I had something written in there, but like he won his match. And in parentheses, it said, yeah, with an exclamation point. So I was very happy about it. Um, I'm sure I can find a picture of it, but it was, uh, so I think for me, like growing up, Jericho was definitely somebody that I really, like really looked, looked at as like this just complete superstar. Nice. Um, how do you now... I didn't know that you weren't born here or spoke English. I was. So it's, it's weird. I was born in New York. And when I was months old, I moved to the Dominican Republic. And then I moved back when I was seven. But Spanish is my first language. I was born in New York. Um, but Spanish is my first language. Did you end every statement with, by God, uh, since you learned it from television? <laughs> um, I, there's, there's like certain words that I feel like I still say funny. And um, 
I, I that that should have been just the fucking listening to the commentary. But the thing is, I think I listen to to it sometimes, even like with no commentary or in Spanish. So that's right. why, like, it's um. But no, by God, has not been in my vocabulary. Thank God, because <laughs> it's growing up watching Jr. Yeah. Um, so how do you go about wanting to pursue this dream of being a wrestler? So I'm a very firm believer in like everything happens for a reason. And um, like, I do obviously believe you have to work hard and you have to, if you want to make things happen, you have to make them happen. But I do believe that like your path has been laid out for you. You know, there are things in your life that are meant to be and will always be there. I, like a lot of people my age, stopped watching wrestling when I was in high school. Uh, I got into sports. I started playing sports. I played volleyball. I played softball. That took so much of my time that I just wasn't as, you know, I wasn't able to sit in front of the TV now for three nights a week to watch wrestling. So I kind of fell out of it and I went to acting school and I wanted to be a wrestler when I was a kid, of course, like, you know, watching it, like I had my own moves and, you know, I invented my moves that I would try out on my cousins and stuff. And so I decided that I wanted to be an actress. So I went to school for acting and um, I graduated that was um, February of 20, 2008, I graduated. And I was like, all right, let's, uh, let's you know, I'm ready for, for Hollywood. Let's go, uh, let's go make movies. Doesn't work like that. And so I'm living in New York and my roommate at the time, I'm looking at like casting calls on Model Mayhem. And my roommate at the time, she was like, hey, I saw this like casting thing for like this wrestling school. And you, you used to like wrestling, right? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I used to watch it when I was a kid. Like, that sounds kind of fun. And so that's how I ended up at Johnny's at uh, the World of Unpredictable Wrestling with uh, WWE Hall of Famer, Johnny Rods, trainer of the stars. Yeah. Right? Number um, one star is? No. Dreamer. He claims me as number one. Yeah, but ask him who his number one girl is. I think you're the only girl. No, I'm not. Masha Slavovich. Oh, Masha. I forgot about Masha. Masha, Tina San Antonio, who's getting back at like uh, my old tag partner, right. who's also um, been doing a lot of stuff uh, lately here. Um, Nicole Bass. Mm-hmm. I'm only really playing, but. Okay, uh, I was like, maybe, maybe one more. It's a very short. This. Here's something you didn't know. I wanted to be a wrestler, don't know anything about wrestling schools. There is an ad in the newspaper that I see, and it says, attention. Uh, Want to be tough guys, wrestlers, blah, 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 blah. Audition for the Captain Lou Albano movie. And I then, crazy Tommy Dreamer, young Mark Brain at 17, 18, say, I need to meet Captain Lou Albano because he's a manager and he can help me get into wrestling. So then my dad drives me down and I cut the first promo and Lou's like, you're not bad, kid. And then I make it to like the second round and I cut a promo. And then as soon as my promo ends, I turn to Lou Albano. I was like, excuse me, sir. Like, I really want to be a professional wrestler. I know you're the manager of champions. Can you really like guide me to how to do it? And he turns and he goes points. And he says, go talk to that guy. And it was Johnny Rods. So an audition got me to Johnny. And uh, so that's pretty unique. Why are our lives like so parallel? That's, that's weird. Because yeah, so I went and I was a manager. Like I, I, I was a ballet, you know, I was in the ring looking cute, whatever. I did that for a year. And then somebody was like, why don't you train? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't have the time to like commit to wrestling. I don't have the money right now. And they were like, we'll make it work. And then I got fired 
I was working with someone, I got fired. And so, well, not fired, I got let go. Um, I got laid off. And so I was like, oh, and I'll have time. And then Johnny like worked out a payment plan for me. So I started, I started training in August of 2009 and uh, November 2009, I had my first match. So like, I think pretty similar, like we, not, not, I was, it was not a good match. It was not good. I, I don't know. Remember, I don't know if you remember something you said to me that I thought was funny. And I feel like I'm, I'm okay with that. You were like, you watched one of my matches one time at impact and you were like, I don't know how to explain it. And I was like, what do you mean? You're like, you're just like spazzy, but it works for you. It works for you, but you're just like, kind of like spazzy. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's, I feel like that's pretty, that I would describe my wrestling style as spazzy. I'm like, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. I could see that. You have, you had your moments. Yeah. Um, I'm also thinking my projection, yours was August, you said? Um, I started training in August, had my first match in um, November. I started training in July, had my first match in October. Wow. Yeah. So it's the same amount of months. Yeah. Crazy. Good old Johnny. Did Johnny get in the ring with you? Um, I was one of the only people that he ever got in the ring with. He... He really wasn't, he would like bump once or twice and then go like get out of the ring. Um, Cause I don't think he was like, for people who don't know, Johnny's older. Like Johnny's got, at that point, Johnny had to be in his seventies already. Cause he's like in his eighties now. So, so he was, he was already like 70, you know? Um, yeah, he was, I think he was literally 70 years old. Um, he did get in there. He taught me, um, he used to do this thing where he would like go to shake, he would like, oh, hello. He goes, shake your hand. Then he'd like flip you over. He'd like judo throw you. Um, so I don't know if that was like a move that he did back in the day, but that was definitely something that he really enjoyed uh, doing to the guys. And it, it was crazy, like seeing him be in there. I think a lot of the learning that I got from Johnny, as I'm sure something you can relate to, wasn't even in the ring. It was the stories he would tell. And there were things, you know, it's like listening. I would say he's my grandpa. It's like listening to stories and I'm like, Oh, yep. I'm like, yep. Uh-huh. Of course. Yep. Yep. Of course. Yeah, Johnny. Yeah. And you're a kid. You think you fucking know everything. And then a few years go by and I'm like, oh shit, that's what he meant. Like now it makes sense. You know, you're, it, there's so much stuff that, and it's funny because we both talked about this too. I talked to Johnny. If I'm able to go to New York, I will always do my best to go see him. But I talked to Johnny for sure, for sure. Once a year on his birthday. Yep, so that's true. so funny that we're both, uh, we're both calling him at the same time. He's like, oh, these people, they must be a, uh, um, when you said that, there's so many times I do, I laugh and I would be like, friggin' Johnny, like that crazy bastard was right. Um, I say the same about Paul a lot of times too, where especially where John would be more physical. And as I'm now older, like things he would say, and then also like what Terry Funk would say. So it is, but like, it, it does, it all goes back to your basics. And especially when I see people and I just remember like, Johnny harping on the basics all the time. And like my training was different because Johnny was very hands-on. He was in his forties when he was training us. And like, he would literally, and I'm amazed by it. Like he would wrestle Damien Demento, who was like going to be the next road warrior. And he would be in the ring for an hour with him having an hour Broadway. He'd get out and then Bill DeMott would get in and he'd work 30 minutes with Bill Taz would get in, he'd work 30 minutes to 15 minutes with Taz, and then I'd get in the ring and he'd work 15 minutes with me, never leave the ring. 
and we would just stand on the apron or we would round Robin who would be reffing. And, or if I got up wrong, I would always say he would knock me back down and he would say, if you get hurt, you're not going to make money. And all these different things that were, that held so true, you know? Yeah. It really is like that wise, like grandpa that you're like, oh shit. Like grandpa, grandpa knows what's up. Like he's been around the block, you know, once or twice he, he knows exactly what he's talking about. So the flip thing popped me because yeah, but he also did, uh, did this to me and did it to others. And he was just like, uh, Hey, I'll let you train for free. Um, if you can, you know, make me tap out and I'd be like, huh? It's a lot of money. Yeah. And I'm also friggin' tough 18 year old Guido. And he'd be like, you know, what, what's the easiest way to, not, you know, hurt somebody, make them tap out. Hit them in their huevos, you know, I hit them in wubble. their ball. You wobble me. I wobble you. You don't wobble me. Uh, it's also so funny hearing everyone's like version of Johnny's voice. Yeah. Like everyone's got one. And like, he's always like, oh, that's not, that's not how I talk. That's not me. And we're like, Johnny, this is literally how you talk. Like, I, I, I joke about it all the time. I'm like, I probably shouldn't even say this. I'm going to anyways. Um, sometimes when I listen to homicide talk, I'm like, damn, y'all sound like. Yeah. Like you guys are like you, yeah, you, you guys sound like you're like, that's at least like your uncle. That's like your Theo or something <laughs> listening to Homicide Talk, who I, I love Homicide, but like, you know, another one, like another New York City guy that I just so grateful to be around, to have been around for so long in my career and be around now. And like, especially at NWA, somebody that I know that I can go to, who's not going to bullshit me. Right. If I, if I, with ideas or that's the one thing about NWA, like we have so many really amazing people in the locker room, like you know, fucking, there's just so many amazing, amazing people in the locker room that like Allison and I, after we lost the titles, we went to Ricky Morton to ask him for help with like, you know, with putting our tag match together. And he was like, okay, yeah. He started talking to us and then somebody pulled him away. He's like, sorry, the girls, like, I, I, I gotta go I'll be right back. And we're like, oh yeah, sure. And then he went out of his way. Like he went and found us in our locker room. And he was like, hey girls, come on. We didn't get a chance to finish talking. And just like, to have that amount of knowledge, like if you have a question about tag team wrestling, like to be able to just go to him and be like, Hey, we have this question. Can you help us? And him sit there and give us a bunch of suggestions and be like, how about this? How about this? What do you, what do you guys think? Is that good? And we're like, are you fucking kidding me? Yes. That's amazing. Right. Like we, we are very fortunate to have like such an incredible locker room and um, that's how the business should be. And that's, that's one thing that I know Allison and I have always said, that's something that's very important for us is that when we we always say we want to leave the business better than we found it when we leave like or you know it's it's it is really really awesome to have girls that come up to us that trust us like i have girls who call me their wrestling mom and i'm like excuse me i'm young i'm a young cool mom like i'm like really young like you don't even understand but that's such a that's such a like a a very it's it's a great thing and it, it really makes us feel good to know that there are girls that are coming up now Cause we were very fortunate. Alice and I were very fortunate. You know, there were so many things that came up about people that like has such horrible experiences in training school. And I was like, man, I was lucky. I was lucky the school that I came up at took care of me. I was lucky that the guys that I was around really looked out for me. And like on road trips looked out for me at the gym, looked out for me. No one ever took liberties with me and like try to hurt me and, you know, at the gym. And I know that Allison feels the same. We were both very, very fortunate. And so that's what we want for the generations that are coming up. Now we want to be able to be that safe place that if somebody needs something, they can, they can 100% come to us with a question about whatever, whether it's something as simple as like, 
hey, how do I look in this gear? Or like, hey, this is happening. How do I fix it? Or how, you know, help. So I think that's, we we definitely, we want to keep that going. And I think we, we've done a good job about it at um, at NWA and like looking at your your roster as well. Like there's so many good girls at Impact that like going going there last week was was so like, it was awesome because of it. Like Impact was my first ever television opportunity. As you can see here, I actually have my, uh, my first ever set it was my first television set, you know, it was my first contract. Um, it was a really big deal. There's so many things that I look back that I'm like, if I could do what I did then now, things would be different. Cause I feel like I am a lot more confident in myself. I'm a lot more confident in my abilities. Um, but you know, it was, it was a great experience. And I it have also a, comes with reps and well, yes. And that too, like, about, this is now a fucking seven year difference of when I went to impact. So it definitely, um, I loved my time at Impact, and I know Allison had a great time there too. And both of us are, you know, we're we're really grateful for the opportunities we had when while we were at Impact. Sweet, we're all over the place. Hang on, yeah. let oh, me yeah. finish. Meanwhile, I said we'd only talk about a half hour. We're at about almost at that half hour mark, and we're not even at your first opportunity in wrestling because I knew when you and I get together and start talking, this is how it really is. Which yeah. another reason why I wanted to have you on the show. Um, I, listen, man, you, we're, we're close because of the person who, uh, trained us, which we'd always have this connection, but like, I always enjoyed hanging around with you. Like you have a cool vibe yeah. and, uh, you make me laugh and there's not a lot of people that can make me laugh. I'm normally not smiling. I'm normally a really, Hell yeah. well, oh yeah, yeah. I think I did. Know a that. lot of people are intimidated by me just cause I'm just like, I'm at work. I'm just ready. Anyway, Uncle Tommy, I feel like you've never been. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, back to Johnny, what he did to me, where I oh, could yeah. train for free, and he's like, you know, if you want, grab my balls, and he's just like, I'll let you train three free training, three thousand dollars. So he's like, you know, whatever, and I'm like, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna beat this old man up. And I put my head down, and like he goes, put your hand real close, real close, and I. And he's like, ready? One. He goes, whenever I say go, just grab him, do whatever you want, punch him, bite him, whatever. And I'm primed and ready. And he goes, go. And then next thing I know, I'm asleep. I put my head down and he put me in a chin lock and choked me out. And then once I waked up and he was just like, rule number one, never put your head down. And don't trust people. <laughs> and I was like, to learn, right? That's so, but right then and there, I was like, this man is very tough. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is a ugh, man. Like, I, I, I really don't get a chance to go back to New York as much as I'd like to. Um, I haven't been back to New York since last August, so it's been almost a year now. And I, I, I do love like getting a chance to go see him just to, just to pop in and say hello and just see how he's doing. Yeah, Marty, I think I'm going to make you a two-parter here. Okay. Because I don't want to take too much of your time, as well as I'm really enjoying this. And okay. we really haven't touched on any of your career. Yeah. <laughs> so you let me know when you're available. Because again, I'm going to restart this in August. Okay. So anytime between now and the first week of August, we will do a two-parter. Oh, uh, we can do it next week. You just let me know when you're available and we'll get it done. I'm available uh, pretty much all week. Um, Let me look at my calendar. Um, Honestly, whatever day. I have, I, I don't have a show until Saturday. So whatever day you tell me Monday, Tuesday, um, 
and what times. You can just text me. Okay. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is how me and Marty are when we're together. So thank you for being a part of our conversation. Thank you for listening to part one of our 40-minute conversation where we're just at Marty graduating wrestling school. So hopefully we'll get to the rest of her career. We haven't even gotten to that. We're talking about me graduating acting school and stepping into wrestling school. We still have 13 years to go, Tommy. This may be the longest trilogy ever. Well, thank you for listening to this week's House Hardcore Podcast with my good friend Marty. See you.